Hi, everyone, and welcome back to I Have to Tell You with Annie and Genevieve. And back we are indeed from our one week um, siesta. How you say? Hi- hiatus. <laughs> Siesta's a nap. <laughs> Siesta's I was a nap on a <laughs> And I was not. You were on the beach and I was here. In the but cold. we're back um, to provide you guys with the content you've been waiting for, dreaming of, begging yearning for, for yeah. begging for. Um, and we're excited. We have we have a lot to catch up on because it's truly been a minute. Yeah, you've had a quite a time. I've had a time. Um, we were on vacation. My husband and I went to Puerto Rico. And um, it was amazing. We had never been to Puerto Rico before. And it's truly one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Like every single beach is just the most stunning thing you've ever seen. The weather was literally perfect. It was like 83 degrees all day, every day. Not a cloud in the sky. so jealous. My grandpa actually lived in Puerto Rico for a while. Where? I don't know when he's dead, so I can't ask, but I know one of my cousins will correct me, but he did like live down there for a while. My dad would go visit him every year for like two weeks and surf and he loved it. No, literally we were obsessed. We were like scheming of how we could like get a rental property and like make that Mm. our new lives, which honestly would not even be hard. If you're listening to this podcast and you steal our idea, we're coming for you. (laughs) We'll sue you. I We're wonder the first people to ever think of buying a rental property yeah. and making it an Airbnb. I wonder like how that would work because like it's technically part of the United States, right? Yes. So like it'd be easier for a United States citizen to buy property there. Yeah, I would assume. 100%. You can buy property there. It's not that hard. And also um, Puerto Rico is, um, they don't pay federal taxes, which I... <laughs> came upon because I was one looking up like buying this <laughs> property and two because tax season is upon us so I don't even want to talk about no, it I looked at my w2 and I was like you're fucking kidding me right like why is the government taking all of my money for what for literal what I get enraged enraged I just don't ever look at it on purpose because I, I know I'm gonna get mad Ugh. I can't see it it makes my blood Give boil back <laughs> like, no what literally like what are you for? doing with it what, what are, are you, you doing with it? I want the receipts. So yeah, Puerto sorry Rico that just like nice... made me upset because I just looked at my W two like two days ago and I threw a full fit about it. And it's just like the thoughts of what you could do with all that money that you'll just never have. I could put a down payment on a house, a ch- terrible house, but I could. It's still, it's still, it's just ridiculous. It's like, ugh. I can pay I to get even. my tonsils out if I had that money. No, I literally can't even. And like, who are they taking it from? Hardworking young folk who are trying to better our <laughs> lives. They're just ripping Hard- away our future. Hardworking American youths. Okay. Yeah. We're out here working and you're just literally taking our money. Grinding, working in American manufacturing, <laughs> bettering the industry. <laughs> and what do we get from it? I'm adding our vibes. coin ripped from us. <laughs> Anyway, Puerto Rico, amazing. Recommend. It was so good. So a few, a a light summary of the trip. Um, We were there from a Saturday until the following Sunday. So it was like nine days, 10 days. Perfect. Um, We spent 
a little less than half of our trip in Rincon, which is on the west side of the island. Um, okay. The town is known for being one of the like most prominent surfing locations in that part of the world. Um, and did so there's- Did you participate? In did, I, did we surf? Yeah. No, we did not yeah. surf. Um, we have both taken surfing lessons, actually. My dad got us surfing lessons one time. Um, and we were both pretty good. I feel like Dan would be good at it, like hockey. Yeah, he was really good at it, especially like being a goalie. Like you, like Neil. I feel like he's like a really good center of gravity. Like I feel like he has really good balance. Yeah. So he he was good at it, and I was good at it too, because it's like a lot of like the kind of like muscles that you use for yoga and like stabilization. Yeah, like a lot of thigh. There's a lot of thigh involved. Yeah. Um, but really, I did not like surfing because you feel like you're being waterboarded like yes Mm -hmm. like you I mean you go down every time there's even if you catch a wave and you have like successful surf it's gonna end in you getting tumbled like a washing machine (laughs) through the salt water the ocean is not forgiving it's so bad and by the end of it you're just like you literally feel like you've been waterboarded for an hour you're like as people that grew around like grew up around lakes going I've never been more tired than like swimming in an ocean I'm like I'm being drowned like there the ocean is against me like every time you go in the ocean it tries to kill you yeah when there's like a big waves for sure it's hard I don't like beaches (laughs) with a lot of waves but that's another reason why I loved Rincon there was um, a few beaches that had big waves for that were good for surfing Mm -hmm. and then the way that it kind of juts out into the um water i'm not even gonna try to name what body of water it is i'm gonna look Um, it up while you're there's kind of a shelter from the waves the further inland into the city you go so there's one beach it's just the raincone public beach literally the most beautiful beach i've seen in my life it's like a mile of pristine sand and just like shallow crystal blue waters and no waves at all it was stunning and every single beach there has amazing snorkeling, like the best snorkeling you've seen in your life. Um, and I don't even really like snorkeling for the same reason that I don't like surfing. <laughs> I think it's a Caribbean sea, not to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, I believe that. I believe um, that. We've talked about this because you texted me and we have the same thought on snorkeling. And I feel like a, anyone that has snorkeled in a large body of water, like not just like off the shore of Mexico, like, you know, when you like go out in the boat and you're like yes. in the fucking ocean. Yeah. I text I was texting you about this like I it's not that I'm scared of it I'm in the water and I'm overcome with this like feeling like in my chest of like I am this tiny glob in this massive body of water like I'm just anytime I'm in like a big body of water I'm like reminded of how small I am and then I have a panic attack because I'm like okay I'm in this bathtub of creatures floating around it's actually insane like snorkeling is one of those experiences that brings you right into like the reminder of like we are really just creatures on this Mm -hmm. earth especially when you're floating on top of the water and you're kind of like undulating the waves yeah and everything beneath you is also doing the same it's like it's a trippy experience and then you get seawater in your nose and you have to (laughs) be brought back to reality (laughs) I had a great snorkeling experience once I was in I studied abroad in Thailand, as we all know, because I never shut up about it. 
And I think you don't talk about it enough. I've never heard this <laughs> snorkeling story. Um, we were on my favorite island, Koh Samui, and we were on kind of, you know, most of the islands in Thailand, there's like kind of a party city, but we were on the opposite side of the island, like in this remote Airbnb. And we were just sitting on the beach. There was like five of us. And this lady just kind of walked up and was like, snorkeling? And we're like, how much? And she's like, 500 baht, which is nothing. Like, 350 a person to like go on this half day snorkeling thing and she like took us to this like island and there was no tourists around so we're like okay like she might murder us or this is gonna be like the coolest thing ever we knew she like liked us because she kept calling us her daughters and she's like my daughters my daughters because there's just so many of like the girls like and it was just her so I wasn't like if it was like her and like a bunch of men I'd be like oh we're about to get napped yeah but it was actually a blissful experience. We like were out like on this cove and I saw like a stingray and some eels and it wasn't as terrifying as being out in like open water. Like yeah. there was islands on either side of us. Like in Thailand, there's a lot of um, rock formations in the ocean. So it's not as vast as like some places. How did you feel about seeing an eel? I'm anti-eel. Um, Honestly, I, I was like, it's not going to touch me. That's the thing you always think like, or I always think like snorkeling, like they're going to be like after you, like swimming up. They don't, they don't want anything to do with they're you. They're like, like stay down is, in their little area. Fleshy person. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. I don't know. That was the only time I haven't been like, oh, I'm going to die in this water and become part of this eel family. No, thank you. Yeah. Our snorkeling Not to was, segue. Um, <laughs> no, our snorkeling, we liked it. It was right off a beach too so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like we were in the middle of an ocean um but it was pretty deep still like there was they on the boat tour they took us to this private island um that's owned by this guy and then he like rents it out for people to who is this man no literally I was like what's his name does he need (laughs) us does he need a wife (laughs) Palomino Island in um off Fajardo in Puerto Rico but anyway sorry to my boyfriend but I might look this man up we get us saw an, an octopus, which was actually crazy <gasps> because how big it was, um, like a football size. And Dan was like pointing to it in the water, and I was like, it literally looked like a moving rock. And then he like turned clear and swam <gasps> away. It was insane. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. That's so crazy. crazy. It was nuts. So yeah, that was the snorkeling. Um, beautiful snorkeling all around the country beautiful beaches um I talked about beaches in Rincon that we liked Mm -hmm. so we went to another beach um the second part of our trip we stayed in a town called Fajardo and um there's a bunch of beaches in Fajardo too is it like where is it like you said this was on the west side so where so this is directly on the east side oh okay so San Juan is on the north northeast side of the island okay and um Fajardo is about 90 minutes uh south of san juan on the coast as well okay okay that makes sense so we were closer to san juan at this point and um so to get to these beaches there's one public beach right in fajardo and it's um it's not that nice i mean it's 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 a public beach yeah and it's closer to like where they have houses and stuff um and but you can get to these other two beaches that are extremely gorgeous pristine beaches but you have to go on a 15 minute um hike to get there 
through and there's a trail so we were walking on the trail through the woods and there's a bunch of other people going to um this beach oh my I'm literally like getting stressed just telling this I'm like nervous how fucking terrified I was okay so there was a bunch of other people like on this trail and we're like walking yeah to the beach and I look down and I can see so there was part of the trail that was like up high like through not high but like in like dry high enough high enough to be nervous dry no 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 no. it wasn't the height I'm saying like I liked it when it was okay um, okay up high on dry land but then once you start getting close to the beach you're like kind of walking through these like mangrove areas and the trail is still dry but like the ground is a little bit moist it's wet because you're close to the beach yeah so I look down and I start seeing holes in the ground and at first I was just kind of like are these holes they were about three inches around and who knows how deep. And I'm like starting to like look at them because I'm like, this looks like it might be some type of an animal hole. Stop. And what do I see no. poking out of one, but four long ass iguana claws. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And at this point, we still had about five more minutes of walking on this trail and I look down and these holes are all around no. me I literally no. started hyperventilating because not all of them had iguanas in them but like how was I to know which ones did you don't and know which hole has an iguana no no literally no and so I'm like carrying all of our beach shit I'm looking down there's like these iguana holes all over the place and I'm like Dan we need to run we need to go as fast as possible and then I started imagining like the iguanas popping out of the holes and chasing after us so we finally get through it we get to the beach it's like of course the most beautiful beach ever like pristine blue waters no waves just gorgeous 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 and the entire time I'm just sitting there like researching like iguana holes what does an iguana (laughs) hole look like how many iguanas are usually in their holes at one time will iguanas chase you will iguanas bite you are iguanas aggressive are they like easily disturbed from their so Dan's like laying there with a beer like hearing the water lapping against the shore and you're having a full iguana panic attack meltdown like literally yeah it's like we're never going like we're we live at the beach now because we cannot take this trail back. But of course, the trail I didn't back. Even think about that. The trail back is the only way to get oh back my God. to the bar. You're like, I'm swimming. I'm swimming back. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm swimming. So at the end of the day, we had to walk back on Iguana Trail and we did not encounter any iguanas. And I faced my yeah. fear of iguana holes. But um, yeah, nothing quite strikes terror in one like seeing iguana claws popping out of a hole that you are standing um very close to no like nature in jungle vibes is so scary it ain't like here in minnesota baby no like every time i'm in a foreign country especially one that's jungle forward i'm like i don't even want to know what's out there because i'm going to freak myself out so bad i'm not going to leave my hotel Literally. Like, I just choose not to, like, pay attention to my surroundings in that way. I'm like, is that an animal noise? I think that was someone's phone vibrating. And, like, there's a, there's a spectrum because there's a lot of tropical animals that are, like, really beautiful. And, like, seeing them is, like, wow, that's 
that's gorgeous. Give me an example. But then there's some. Give me a cute tropical animal. Okay, do you mind like little lizards, like the tiny lizards? They're not my favorite. Anything that moves quickly, not for me. I think the I see I like the little lizards, but I am extremely and I cannot stress this enough. I'm an iguana hater to my core. You will what never see purpose me sh- showing serve? love to an iguana. They're terrifying. They're so big. They can move so fast. You just see them on the roads and then like they're they're fucking huge. They're massive. Um, and that leads me to the second iguana encounter of our trip. I forgot. Is- okay. I know, audio, I know this is audio only, but I'm looking up iguanas because I'm like, okay, I remember iguanas because like some weird ass kid would always have one in elementary school. These are not lizards, scary. baby. They're dinosaurs. These are They're so huge. scary. The scales. <gasps> you okay, see the claws? a picture of an iguana that's literally the size. No, I, I can't dog. see this. I, I literally can't, can't see this. <laughs> what is, what is on their neck? Is that another eyeball? I'm. I'm I sorry. Can't I can't. I you. might gag. I might gag. They are so So good. iguana story number two. This one actually happened prior to the iguana trail. So I was already very traumatized by the iguanas. Iguanophobic. In this territory. I was very iguanophobic already. I had already solidified being an iguanophobe. <laughs> New science and so word. When we were in Rincon, we were sitting on the beach. We had set up like our little, our beach beach living room you know like if you're having a beach day you bring your several blankets you have Mm -hmm. your chairs your cooler it's your beach living room we had just set it up and what do i see prancing down the beach no no two stray dogs they had collars on but these dogs were stray i and normally i'm very like pro stray dog people might think that's crazy but i if it's foreign countries though there's just like there's so many not to like ruin your story we'll get back to it but like there's just dogs places people feed them like they have homes but no one treats dogs the way that we do in america so it's not like alarming to see a dog just like prancing down the beach you're like yeah someone at a resort probably like feeds this dog right so i was not scared of the dogs i was happy to see the dogs because i'm a dog lover that is until i see what one of the dogs is carrying in its mouth which is a dying iguana oh. that this dog had clearly caught and ki- was killing. It wasn't like oh. bloody or anything, but it you was witnessed a murder. Dying. I witnessed a murder. Oh Even God. worse, the dog looks at me and Dan. This dog oh. is maybe 20 feet away from us. Okay. So not, not far, but far enough that I'm not like, I need to get up and go. Like, yeah. I just like scream and leave. So I'm like, he's just going to take this iguana with him and like, keep walking. He looks at us, he drops the writhing iguana on the beach and continues on his merry way. So now in our, in our front yard, in our living room, beach front yard, my living room, literally in my front yard on this beach was a dying iguana. Um, I can't, I'm so sorry, but that's like, it was, it was a stick. Like, what did you do to get rid of it? So luckily the dog had dropped it close enough to the water that the water eventually overcame the iguana and washed it away uh, down the beach. And I did not go swimming for like 40 minutes just to make sure the iguana was properly um, taken away into the sea. This iguana had a very tragic end of life ceremony. It was so tragic, and but it was also like very much um, our planet. 
(laughs) it It was an episode of our planet that unfolded right in front of us like if David Attenborough had been there it would have actually been quite the amazing awesome. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I just sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm not an animal person and I wouldn't have recovered in such a, such a way from that experience. We were literally sitting there with our jaws dropped. Like, how did this happen? How did this dog come down the beach with an iguana and drop him right in front of us? Literally after we had set up our stuff if the waves hadn't come and taken the iguana like we would have moved our entire oh because like yeah i'm not staring at this dying ass iguana all day long no so warranted 100 percent two um iguana stories and i'm curious to know if anybody else feels the same way about iguanas if you live or you know somebody who lives in a tropical area like how do you guys deal with these menaces <laughs> I just get scared. So like my parents, as you know, have been in Australia, New Zealand for the last, I don't know, five or six months. Yes. And the only, I mean, I know more about Australia, New Zealand than this, but I do know that the spiders there are like freaking insane. Immediately know. I don't know how my mom is afraid of like, she's worse than me about being afraid of animals. And I don't know how she does it because like- I can't imagine the creatures that they have seen. Yeah, I just like the spiders are the sizes of to... like dinner plates there. No, thank you. And oh my god, what are the birds? There's these birds, so I'm petrified of birds. I'm not a bird person either. Like bird panic phobic, attacks about birds. Yeah. There's this type of bird in Australia that dive bombs people. No. Like, as you're just, like, like in a city, like, walking down a street. And I don't remember what they're called. I think it starts with an M. This can go in the corrections corner. But my mom sent me this video of her and my dad, like, walking to this beach. And all you see is, like, 17 birds dive bombing my dad. And no, I was like, no, I no, would have no. probably died from not breathing. Like, I would have had such a bad reaction to that. Like, there's just no way I could have done it. She Like, she was, like, laughing. She was like, oh, you would have reeked out if you were here and I was like 100 percent, and for good reason being literally attacked by wild birds I'm sorry what's not terrifying about that yeah I don't I don't I'm not an animal what do you do like do they hurt you they like pick at you no I'm gonna look it up I know it's a thing because people like talk about it in Australia they're like oh it's just whatever season that they're like that no thank you it's a no from me um Australia sounds great but like I don't think you guys will ever catch me there a magpie no magpie attacks are always directed at your head no weapon of choice is their closed beak or open claws (gasps) or they bite and leave two fine cuts where the skin has been pinched and sliced oh my god i'm sorry i would rather not that okay (laughs) that you could offer me a job making a gajillion figures in australia i ain't moving there i'm not dealing with your freaking magpies that's insane no and it's like literally spring or something like during mating where they think like you're trying to attack their nest if you're just like walking down the street until they like dive bomb you no i can't i literally we need to move on because i'm like sweating thinking yeah we're okay we're moving on from uh terrible animal experiences and um we're going to move into another portion of my trip that went less than amazing. Now, before I say this, I feel like I've talked about, you know, my bad iguana experiences, and I'm now going to talk about our 
less than amazing Airbnb experience. The rest of everything was immaculate. The food, the beaches, the people, the scenery, the sunsets. literally gorgeous it's just these two things and I gotta talk about the negatives (laughs) the the point of this podcast is to complain so you know I feel like if you complain about it now then you know in the years to come it'll be like it was so great I don't even remember anything going wrong gotta get it out and also I just want to put this out there because I'm curious to know like how everybody else is feeling about Airbnb at this point because there are some issues with Airbnb and I'll address um, them, but it's gotten pretty out of control in the most recent uh, years. So mm-hmm. we we stayed in Airbnbs in both locations. The first Airbnb okay. was amazing and I feel like was really kind of exemplary of like what Airbnb should be. Mm-hmm. It was a four unit house. We were staying in one of the units. Um, the upstairs unit was occupied by... Uh, a couple with a baby they owned the airbnb they operated the airbnb and Lovely. they would like check in on us whenever we saw them we'd run into them they'd say how are things yeah. like going like do you guys need beach recommendations whatever like it was amazing mm-hmm. um it was everything was functioning everything was nice and it was really close to the beach like it it was stunning it's like perfect. prime example of like attentive hosts you know close to the beaches yeah anything you could ask for really with an Airbnb it was we got good value and also the thing is it was not managed by some random company who Mm -hmm. like owns a house it was a lady a couple she had her name on the profile she was there she was around and it was like they were our hosts like Airbnb is supposed to have the second one we checked into um it was really cute and it looked exactly like it was supposed to look on the posting, which is why I picked it. And it had mm-hmm. a little courtyard with a hot tub, which was amazing. Um, so I was really excited about it. Like I said, the photos looked like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. This Airbnb, there's one main two-lane road that runs through Fajardo, literally right off of that main road. Okay. So, so like loud. Yes. No security gate. So you're on this main road and it just goes straight into the courtyard that, oh the, that the hot tub is in. So you're like chilling at night, glass of wine, and there's like traffic zooming by you? Literally. Oh my God, stop. That's so bad. It was next to an abandoned building, <gasps> which is like in Puerto Rico because of the hurricanes, there's a lot of abandoned buildings. Um, and so it's not like as crazy as like here when there's an abandoned building because like a lot of buildings just got destroyed to the point that people just you know left like I'm not gonna yeah. to fix this up but like if the place that I'm staying is next to an abandoned building like I'd like to know that ahead of time yeah I'd like to be informed, especially if it's like off the main road okay that's so, a big one of like being like right on a main road I feel like you right? need to disclose that you do and if you are on a main road it's not the end of the world, but have a security gate, you know, like I have, I feel like when you travel, when you're extremely young, like in college, like you'll just kind of roll with the punches and like, you don't really care. Yeah. You don't really care. You're just down for like a cheap stay. You don't have Mm -hmm. as many like higher expectations, but like now as I grow older, like I still, we still try to find like cheaper places to stay, but I'm not going to just like look past 
a lot of stuff, you know, like I have yeah, anxiety and I have travel anxiety too. Like uh, okay. I need, yeah, like it, I need to feel secure. Yeah. So anyways, I was very upset about the no gate. So I messaged them and I'm like, hey, this is right on the main road and there's no gate. And they're like, um, we assure you it's a very safe place to stay whatever and then we met the people who live it was also another like two unit house and we Mm -hmm. met the people who live next door and so I felt a lot better about that okay halfway through the stay and the toilet starts completely malfunctioning and I don't want to get into it too much but let's just say like the floor of the bathroom was no longer dry And so I oh, message no. the host and I'm like, hey, toilet hey, ain't working. Hey, girly. Um, so the toilet <laughs> exploded on the ground. It ain't cute. It's kind of harshing my vacation vibes. So like, we need to get this fixed. And he responds. It's like four in the afternoon. And he's like, okay, I'm sending uh, a plumber right away. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're going to go to the store, get some stuff. I expect the plumber to be, mm-hmm. you know, back by when we get there because he says, I'm sending a plumber right away. So we get back from the store, no plumber to be found. I say, hey, just so you know, there's no plumber here. And he said, oh, the plumber will be there in a few seconds. Okay. Seconds. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like Hefty waiting for promise. the plumber. The entire evening, no plumber, no plumber manifests and the Airbnb owner like is like ghosting me at this point. So we have an overflowing toilet. We're on vacation, mind yeah. you. There's no bathroom to be used. I know. I'm about to like, did you dig a hole in the backyard? Like, what was we or, went? To, you I mean, when we went to the something? store, we just like went, and then that was it. But, yeah, I was gonna um, say like you'd have to be pretty proactive about that. Yeah, and so it took two days for the plumber to arrive. So half of our stay, we had no no toilet. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those Airbnbs where it was like hosted by and then just the name of the Airbnb, no profile picture. I don't know who this person is. I don't know yeah. where they are. They don't give a fuck whether I live or die. Yeah, that's like a dead giveaway. I feel like for most of them. Yeah, so I just want to know like, that is that is the bad part of Airbnb where it's getting yeah. like people buy uh, a unit of a house and then they just like renovate it to look like slightly nice and then like the rest of it like they just don't care they're just like turning and burning these mm-hmm. these listings and like there's no personal touch and then Airbnb support was like can we offer you a twenty five dollar gift card twenty five dollars I was like literally we didn't have a bathroom for half of our vacation like, did you get your money back in full um no so what what happens is like they try to mediate the situation okay and because this the airbnb owner eventually did send a plumber they said he attempted to remedy the um experience after he gaslighted me for a full 24 (laughs) hours and said that the plumber was on his way when there was literally no plumber the plumber was not on his way no so i don't know we'll see how that ends up but um yeah airbnbs can be like very hit or miss like no exactly and like how do you know how can you tell you can't like I recently went on a trip with my best friend to um Europe for Christmas yeah I was gonna ask if you guys did airbnbs there so we did a mix um and I think it's kind of tricky so like we had like one good airbnb 
But I think if you're not familiar with the area, like a hotel is going to be best. At the end of the day, it's going to be the same cost because with an Airbnb, like you have to buy all your food. Like if you mm-hmm. do a hotel that offers like breakfast, okay, that's one meal. And normally it's in a more central part of town. Like we were in an Airbnb in Nuremberg that was in a very like sketchy neighborhood. It was close to like the main part of the city. So we just assumed that it would be nice. And it was like in this terrifying pre-war building that just reeked of cigarettes and like just in a very scary neighborhood. And I think it's just one of those things where it's so dependent on your host. I totally agree. And location. And my parents have the same issue because they do Airbnbs for everything. I was also going to ask because your parents, have we talked about your parents? I don't think so. So like, like what they're up to. High level, my parents retired two years ago, and every September to May, they travel internationally. And so last year they did Europe, and it was kind of funky because there's still like visa limitations. So they went to like very weird places like Gibraltar, which I didn't even know was a real place. Um, but this year they've done Australia and New Zealand. And so like they're kind of going in between the two, but they stay only in Airbnbs, and they've had wonderful Airbnbs, and they've had terrible airbnbs and i don't from what they've said they haven't been like okay well we knew it was gonna be bad because of this like i think it's really just trial it's and error so hard to which tell sucks the first airbnb that we stayed in was the one that i was less excited for that's always what happens is like it was ones so you amazing so excited for you're so let down and then yeah. the ones that you're like oh this might work it's always like the best ones i think a good rule of thumb is like the person that's managing the property, if they're on site, they're always way more attentive and it's always a better experience because it's their home or their property and they care about it. If it's someone that like owns a bunch of properties, which sometimes you can't tell from the listing, but they're less attentive and it's more just about money. So I would say like if you're Airbnb, like maybe try to ensure that they're, they either live close to the property or they live on the property. If it's like a quadplex. Yeah. But it, like sometimes I'm like, I don't want to deal with an Airbnb. Like, I don't want to find a grocery store. I don't want to have to like figure out how your stove works. Like, yeah, sometimes it totally depends on what kind of vacation you're on too. Like for a beach vacation, I feel like an Airbnb is ideal because a yeah, lot of the times space. they have um, beach equipment, which like mm-hmm. if you're staying at a hotel, like you might mm-hmm. not have beach towels and snorkels and beaches. So that's nice. And like, um, when Dan and I go on vacation, a lot of the times we like to cook because we just like to like go to the grocery store and, and get a bunch of food and cook. So it's nice to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, when we were on our honeymoon, um, we just did mostly hotels. Cause like, it's, it's nice so to mix it up. Yeah. It kind of depends on where you go. Like my rule of thumb is like mixing it up. Like I'm going to Hawaii with my parents and we're doing a mix of Airbnb and hotel. Yeah. That's nice. It kind of depends on like where you go. Yeah. Um, I think that in the future, once your parents are back stateside, I would love to do a travel episode and talk about all the things because you're a globetrotter, I'm a globetrotter, and your parents are professional globetrotters. They're currently, this is a sidetrack, but have you ever heard of woofing? The only thing I've heard of woofing is in the office 
which you haven't seen because you're an office hater. Yeah. But Ryan starts this company called Woof. And the premise of Woof is that if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they can like fax you, email you, text you, call you, and like everything all at once. And it's a woof. So like you send a woof and like every notification. Okay, this is not that. But I have also heard of the woofing that you're referring to. It's it's just not the top of mind woofing. (laughs) Working on organic farms. And it's basically like a homestay program that like 20 year old backpackers do, not 60 year old retirees. And so they did a woof a week ago where they like were herding sheep in Australia like in the brush and they're doing another one so like they're not your classic travelers like they're out here working on farms because they're like bored like when they get back we will everybody stay tuned we're gonna have a Sue and Dion interview do not give them the platform because the only thing that I want to do is give them a platform. I cannot wait. Oh my God. Okay. Some, there's some good stuff in there. Cause honestly, like the Airbnb stuff would be really good to get their perspective and just the flexibility that comes with traveling for months and months on end. Yeah. I'm so curious. Um, so yeah, that we've really like segued. We to, yes, we've segued, and I feel like we need to stop our travel talk now because Definitely. I want to do a travel episode, if not a travel mm-hmm. series. Because I think we should do a couple because we both studied abroad. Yeah, we and we're both just really passionate traveling. about traveling. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot to say. Um, but anyways, the next thing I was going to talk about about my trip, specifically about the beach trip, is that. I'm a big beach reader. I'm not mm-hmm. normally a reader, but I'm a big beach reader. And I did finish a book. Um, book? Have you ever read The Last Thing He Told Me? No. Who's about? Uh, I don't know. Laura somebody. It is. Um, let's see if I can summarize the book. I can't wait so for this. The main characters are this lady named Hannah and her stepdaughter, Bailey. And the book opens um, by both Bailey and Hannah finding notes from Hannah's husband and Bailey's dad. And Hannah's note says, protect her. And Bailey's note says um, something about like, I'm doing this for you. And Bailey also has a suitcase of money that was delivered to her at school. And the dad is gone. Okay. Dad is nowhere to be found. Wait, is this a spoiler warning? No, I'm going to try to summarize without okay. without spoiling because it okay. was it was a book worth reading. And you find out pretty quickly that um the dad's company is being investigated for a, a massive fraud scandal mm-hmm. and the dad is um he works in like IT for the company. Okay. So you spend the book figuring out what is the dad hiding? Why did he yeah. flee? And um a whole story kind of unfurls and the reason why he has gone completely off the charts is not really what why you would think. think it's not just the company there's there's okay layers layers. layers layers and layers okay I love a book so like it, that. it was a really good um it was a good book I would recommend the last thing he told me by um let me see if I can find or something according to Genevieve I'm a big I love reading in the winter I really don't read that much like I need Laura sunshine. Dave. Sorry. 
But I could I like <laughs> pound through two books a weekend in the summer. Like when I'm at yeah, the Yeah, you're a huge read. reader. You're yeah, a bigger reader a than I am. Um, so when I'm on vacation, I need to get a Kindle because I you keep packing books. I'm you like, okay, well, books. I can't pack five books, but I can go yeah. through them like crazy. But what I do love about like hostels and Airbnbs is a lot of times they'll have books that like other people leave there. So yeah. I read a really good book that I grabbed at a resort in Thailand. What's it called? I could could not tell you. That's um, like 18 books ago. So it's like Yeah, the Kindle is a must. It's on my list. Dan is at anti- my boyfriend who listens to this. That would be a really great gift for me. The paper white. Um yeah. just a just a heads up to my lovely boyfriend that listens to this podcast. And also boyfriend, if you don't have the coin for a paper white or you just don't want to spend that, you can find them on um really cheap like the older ones i have an older one and mine was literally 40 dollars. keep that in mind boyfriend (laughs) um but yeah it's a game changer because dan doesn't he's anti-kindle because he's kind of just like weirdly anti like certain technologies randomly i love like holding a book but for traveling i feel like i just want one because then i can read more 100 percent um like i'll still read paper books but dan hands me two hard Mm -hmm hardback hardcover says can you put these in your beach bag no i'm almost about to finish one and i want to bring the other one here's the thing no "No, you're starting the new book congratulations you're on not carrying not bringing 30 pounds of books in my beach bag oh my god that's so funny yeah i we should also have a book podcast because i've been reading some good books this year i would i would start reading more i need to get off of my um tv and into I my books. think it's just a winter thing quite honestly like yeah I, I do read more in the summer I just yeah. I I need the I need to be pacified by the television it's my my passy it is my passy but I also did um binge some tv on vacation Ooh. Dan and I are big fans of the show Married <laughs> at First Sight we're huge fans of the show Married at First Sight, <laughs> which is now completely streamable on Hulu. Um, so it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Okay. We've been big fans of the show for a very long time. It was mm-hmm. introduced to us during COVID by our lovely mm-hmm. sister-in-law, and uh, we have been hooked ever since. But before, it was only on Lifetime, so we'd literally have to like rip it off the internet. I don't even know how we found it, but now it's on mm-hmm. Hulu, so everybody can watch. Um. The premise of the show is, as stated, two people get married literally at first sight. Um, They have five couples, I think, four or five couples. Okay. And they're matched by experts. Like, they have a board of experts, and they match um, out of, like, thousands of applicants. They'll match up four couples. And so they, the first time they see each other is literally at the altar. And then it follows the couples for eight weeks. And throughout the eight weeks, they have access to the um, the experts for like Therapy. marriage counseling yeah. to like help them through it. And then at the, they also they move in together in these like neutral apartments, so it's not like one, oh one person's place or the other. Um, and then at the end of the eight weeks, they can decide whether or not they want to stay married or get divorced. Um, and I am so obsessed with the show because. It's like, it's not a reality show, like tacky reality shows. Like it's just Mm -hmm. normal people who truly, most of them really just do want to be married and are just ready, you know, to be mashed up and marry somebody. And you just get to see how 
two normal people, you know, what makes a marriage work, what makes it fall apart, what makes a stable, trusting, yeah. healthy relationship, and like what kind of things will really like demolish a relationship from the beginning. It's fascinating. We'll have to check it out. Would highly recommend. And um, we kind of had a fan moment in this oh season because the, so they always take them on honeymoons. They get a week of honeymoons and it's like all the couples who got married. Go it's like love is together. blind kind of ripped them off. No, literally they did. They 100% okay. did. Because it sounds like love is blind, but more choice driven. Like the couples on love and love is blind choose each other. Yes. But everything These else sounds very much choices. Um, so yeah, they, on the season that we were watching, which is the most recent season on Hulu, they went to Puerto Rico and they stayed in San Juan. So on the night that we were in San Juan, we drove, we saw uh, where like all the places they went to, we saw the resort. We were like, ah, oh my God, that's so funny. I love that. So yeah, everybody um, highly would recommend Married at First Sight if you're into reality shows and if you're into like uh, relationship based reality shows. Um, it's a great show that everybody needs to watch. Shows. Let's hear it. What do you watch? I watched the Murdoch Murdoch docuseries on Netflix. I Did had you? listened to a podcast beforehand and like read a bunch about it because I saw that he was on trial. So I like I knew a lot going into it. But oh my God. Like I, I don't even seen. know where to begin. This family is just like it's one of those like even if he's guilty of the crimes he's convicted, he's guilty of so many other things. Like, it's not even funny. Like, he was on trial for two crimes. He should have been on trial for 20. Like, you start this documentary thinking, okay, this is about the... So, like, high level, everyone knows what's going on, I feel like. But the Murdoch... I really don't know that much. Give us, give us like, a pretty hefty summary. So, the Murdoch family is from Low County or Low Country North... Carolina I believe okay and so it's like every um marshy Nicholas Sparks movie like think about oh yes that's kind of like the um setting it's a very small town in the south and this murder I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Murdoch this family has been very prominent in the law enforcement and law and judge whatever like they have been a a really integral part of this community for a very long time they're very influential okay and so there's multiple generations multiple brothers like that are part of this family this is focused on one like specific brother in this family so it's his name is alex on paper but it's pronounced alec okay so alec (laughs) yeah alec murdoch is a lawyer in this county and he's married to maggie and he has two sons buster which so evil to name your child buster literally paul and so okay so you give one child like a like a fucked up nickname i think he's like a buster's ass name and then one you just give a regular biblical name i'm pretty sure he's like a a junior and then his nickname is buster but he like goes by buster legally so high level the youngest son um, was in a boating accident and he was driving. He was under the legal or he was intoxicated. He was underage. As a result of this accident, a girl died that he was a passenger in his boat and he got away scot-free. I think he, they paid a $50,000 fine, like no jail time, no nothing, like got yeah, away scot-free. Up. You have to be to 
crash a boat and kill somebody. Yeah. And so, like, that's one of the things that happened. Um, There was a boy that was known in the town for being gay, which is so perfectly fine. But apparently in the South, (laughs) it's not. And he was found. Literally, the South is a different era. With blunt force trauma to the back of his head in the middle of a road. And it is, the rumor in the community is that the sudden buster had something to do with it. Oh, my God. And then, like, timeline-wise, Alec is found misusing funds in his practice and is undergoing some financial trouble. At this time, he starts using opioids and painkillers. And then... Okay, so at at this point, each of the sons, Buster and Paul... Been in an incident. That has resulted in death. Okay. Yes. They have a housekeeper that found the pills and told Paul... And because Paul, yeah, and Paul like told his mom and then the housekeeper falls using air quotes backwards down the stairs and dies. What? There is no autopsy, no nothing. So now this family has three deaths under their belt. I think it was 2021. Um, Alec calls 911 and says, my wife and son have been shot. So Paul and Maggie were found murdered by two different weapons on their property. And like, this is like going in way too deep, but high level, he pleads guilty. He's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But they place him at the scene of the crime. There's still no consensus of like, if he was the one that actually did it, if he hired a hitman, but it's like this wild, like, I would recommend watching it because it's like, you witness the influence of this family. Like if it was anyone else in these situations, None of this could happen. Like, you just see it play out where it's, like, they just get, they, like, have a tree of, like, the top lot. So, like, the guy that's in charge of the South Carolina police officers, the natural resource officer, the prosecutor, and they all have connections to this guy. That's fucked. That's so fucked up. And so the result so he came ju- out. He just went on trial and he was found yeah. guilty. So he's serving two consecutive life sentences without um parole so like he's thank god but it is like if you're it's not terrifying like i watch it with my roommate who let them really not like scary she doesn't like scary stuff and we watched it Uh together and it was fine it's more of just like fascinating that's crazy because i've been seeing that stuff like all over social media and i just had no idea like the backstory of it because the depth of it about yeah it just talked about like him and his wife and his son. It didn't talk about any of the other. Yeah. Stuff. So that's, that's my only on trial for the wife and son. Right. Yeah. So the, all the other stuff has never been connected to him. But the last thing I'll say on it is when the housekeeper fell down the stairs and died, he was like, okay, I will sue myself because like he was like, you can do that, whatever. It's not actually coming out of his money. It's coming out of like insurance's money. And he was like, oh, I'll give the money to her sons it, it was like four or five million dollars because it happened on his property so you'd like sue your home insurance because this person fell down your stairs and died right and so his yeah. like good deed was okay i'm gonna sue myself collect that money and then give it to your sons he never gave it to anyone he just kept it for himself evil yeah oh my gosh well good thing this man is in bars yeah that's it's crazy and you can tell he was an addict because if you like look at pictures of him he's i'm not body shaming but he's like a rounder plump individual yeah since being in 
prison and like locked up he's teeny i thought that being on drugs makes you skinny yeah so like while he oh wait maybe no i'm wrong then he's probably just stressed but he sounds like a horrible man anyway so he could be fat skinny i mean rotten jail maybe maybe if you're on like painkillers i don't know what if you're on ozempic oh my god (laughs) i can't believe that got outed for being like the drug that celebrities use to get skinny yeah that's insane and people are like i need that to live (laughs) that's why you should just never trust anything you see on the internet or never compare your body to anybody else's because people are abusing diabetes medication i know so that's so awful i i saw that interview with remy bader um the tiktok influencer that's plus size and she was like my doctor put me on ozempic and like it was awful and then i gained double the weight back when i went off of it it's just it cannot be worth it it was like not sustainable no yeah literally so anywho i have rambled i have we've both rambled this has really been an episode of rambling which is good the title is like oops we rambled like we just i have to tell you nothing in particular as a heads up for all of our loyal listeners all five of them um we're both traveling for work a lot yeah that's we're virtual right now if you guys can't tell by our absolutely amazing (laughs) sound quality we both have our own mic because we are on a zoom call because um yeah we're both as the business queens we are as As the the girl bosses that we are hustlers that we Mm -hmm. are we both have some travel for work upcoming so um we just didn't really have the time to get together and, and chat it out in person but we hopped on a zoom and we really a lot um, of zoom this month i'm traveling every single week until april yeah so this will be our sound quality will actually be (laughs) be off the charts i'll have a lot to update people on i know we actually will have so much to say because we'll be away from each other i know so annie where are you going on your trip your business trip um this week i'm going to the lovely anaheim california right across the street from disney and if you can't tell i hate disney um it's my not a fan of the mouse not a fan of the mouse um this is a really fun show though it's all like consumer goods that you see on the shelf in the grocery store so it's a fun one for me Um, so i'm going to anaheim this week next week i'm going to deadwood south dakota for one of my dear friends bachelorette parties It'll be super fun. Um, And then after that, I'm going to Orlando for a show. And then my boyfriend and I are going to Savannah for the weekend following that. So that'll be warm weather things. You're really going to miss out on this last awful, awful month of winter here in Minnesota. I did have to dig my bin of nice weather clothes out again. That's always fun, though. It was a little bit fun. Where are you headed this week? I'm going to Las Vegas, baby. Mm. Yeah. You don't like Vegas. I've mentioned on the show before, I like Vegas, but I don't like going for work. For work, it's I have to go to work for work. Yeah. It's like you're just inside all day. Yeah. At least in Anaheim, Um, I get to walk around, which is really nice. Yeah, that's nice. I don't know if I would pick either California or Vegas. I'm not a big desert vibes girl. No, my favorite shows are always like the ones in Chicago. Chicago's so fun. Chicago show. Um, I I love a New York show. We'll see how Orlando is. I don't think I'm gonna love that one, but I like Florida, but Orlando is just like it doesn't do anything for you. It's like just, icky. 
swamp vibes swamp vibes for sure but yeah swamp we have core a lot of travel coming up so the next couple episodes will be fun I'm sure yeah. some stuff will go down I'm gonna create some stuff to go down just so we have stuff to talk about it might cause some problems there's always I- just so much when you have thousands and thousands of people stuck in a convention center together it's good people that's gonna happen oh my yeah. gosh yeah it's great people watching well I know I feel like we rambled for like an hour I know but it was good we had a lot to get off our chests we did we did so stay so, tuned for next episode it'll be a lot about Anaheim and Vegas yeah thank you guys for <laughs> tuning in I wish you could see this week I wish our listeners could see both of our faces like dead pan at each other like uh, because we know that after we hang up on this call we're gonna have to go pack for our work trips there's and that's one last rant there is nothing worse than packing for a work trip because a you have to pack your show floor clothes which is like a whole ordeal because it has to be like your company colors and all this and this like yeah and it's the clothes you want to wear least yeah and then you have to pack dinner outfits, not fun dinner outfits, because you're with a bunch of old men coworkers. So it's like, okay, yeah. what's appropriate that I have as a 25 year old in my closet that will work for this weather? Yeah, that I can layer and that will fit my suitcase. It drives me bananas. Might as it's well just wear my polo. I'm gonna wear my polo to dinner. Sorry. Honestly, you should. That's what all the guys do. They'll pull up to the. I hate the that. bar at like 11 o'clock wearing like the full corporate like Lanyard, you know they, they still did not, on yeah they did not stop at their hotel room they didn't change clothes they were standing on the trade trade show floor all day long getting sweaty disgusting and they went yeah. straight to the bar straight to the bar have some self-respect that's the thing when, whenever whenever I complain about traveling for work it's always like the men they're like it's so fun I'm like that's because you pack four polos you get to drink with your buddies like it's not the same for me no also you and I are both in very like I don't know if we're both like male dominated yeah it's hard to not be in a male dominated industry (laughs) yeah that's true but especially we're both on very big male forward teams and so I have a few ladies that I work with but honestly I don't really get to travel with them all that much so it is just like me and the bros this one is a is more <laughs> women forward, which is super nice. This is That's my really most nice. like women forward trip. So I'm actually kind of excited to bond with my girlies. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, I will definitely have some good recaps after this week. I wish you some sunshine and some and some girl bonding time, some girly time, girly time. And I'll fun. catch you on the next pod. Yeah can't wait thanks everyone for listening give us a yeah. nice five-star review on spotify please you guys we follow really, us on instagram begging for these five-star reviews i'm gonna i'm gonna reiterate the tutorial once more if you're looking at our spotify <laughs> profile just right under the description it says five stars just click that button and if you're feeling us give us five stars please and also if you like this podcast tell a friend tell a friend okay. tell a coworker, tell somebody that's the number one way that podcasts get more listeners so mm-hmm. please Spread the word of I have to tell you and let more people hear yeah. us in their ears. And if you want us to like touch on anything, DM us on Instagram. We're always yeah, happy to uh, comment on our posts. Yeah. Have a fun little top pick. Yeah. You know? Well, thanks yeah. guys. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Adios.